Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two bill-paying adults try to find pleasure, joy and happiness in the world of pop culture. A world of infinite content with so many layers of subtext and secret meanings that the young kids communicate through and we fail to catch on. Fortunately, we have a talented, bright young insider who clears the path for us to tread safely. Today, we finally talk about sex. Gwyneth's Goop has just made a documentary series for Netflix about married couples dealing with their sexual crises with the help of sex experts who talk with European accents, which makes them sound more interesting. Tina Turner is the ultimate GOAT, greatest of all time, and we'll talk a little bit about her, the new documentary about her life, which coincides with this year's In Edit Festival here in Barcelona. If we have time, maybe we can talk about Dr. Dre's divorce papers. And our album of the week is Helado Negro's Gorgeous Far In. This is the weekly review hosted by Ben Cardew, Marvai Verdu, and myself, Johan Wald. On the controls, Rob Roman. I never really appreciated sex scenes in movies or TV shows. And especially when you're watching them with your parents as a teenager, there's nothing more embarrassing than those gratuitous sex scenes, especially when they're really explicit. And your mom does those embarrassing sounds like, mm, ooh, ooh, <laughs> to break the silence. And it's like, ah. But for I think there's a reason why mainstream media um, shows like movies and series uh, have sex scenes and I think it's to try to incite the people watching at home to get in the groove and now we come to another cultural project which is just a basic show talking about sex this time who is the at the forefront of this goop the platform created by Gwyneth Paltrow to talk about lifestyle and creams and alternative methods to prolonging your sex life and this that the other i don't know um here to tell us all about it is our expert <laughs> on all things internet marvai verdu Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah i want to talk about Gwyneth paltrow not only because um we're talking about goop and goop is gp which is the Um, initials of Gwyneth Paltrow, which I didn't realize ah. <laughs> until thinking about it. Yeah, it's like, I want to do something with GP. I don't know where the O's come from, but it's GP's stand of What? approval. Didn't she start it as just a newsletter one yeah. day? Yeah, it, it started as a newsletter. Yeah. Newsletter. Well, the, to me, Gwyneth Paltrow is just one of the most interesting characters in Hollywood mm. the, be, because I cannot really decipher her. Like, she's just confusing to me, not in a good way, not in a bad way. She's just chaos, enigmatic. Like, I, 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 I don't understand her. And that's, like I said, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But 
we have this woman who is this Oscar winner actress, um, which is one of the biggest recognitions you can get in your career if you're an actor or an actress. And she uh, survived Harvey Weinstein. Oh, mm. Yeah. And and you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. to her credentials you know she 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 was one of the victims so we say and I don't know in what measure but um yeah it's, yeah, it's uh, she's so, got quite a pedigree yeah she survived Hollywood um she is one an us an Oscar she is one of the most important um 90s style icon in in her time in the 90s um some of her feats still pop up in my pinterest and and she was very fashionable she did when she dated brad pitt, brad that pitt. He, yeah and and he copied all her style which is so funny to see but <laughs> instead of taking the usual route um as a consolidated actress who's who's so iconic and who's made all all these achievements which would be basically continue acting, she decided to step a bit back from acting, which doesn't mean she doesn't make movies. It just means that she doesn't give a single fuck about <laughs> the, the movies she makes now, which is kind of a girl boss move. It's not that I'm criticizing like, okay, you're just here for the money and now she basically does Marvel movies, which she instantly forgets about yeah. because there's been she doesn't even know like what happens at the end of the movie she's like <laughs> really you, you, yeah. you it's like they asked her about thanos and stuff it's like oh wh who would win i don't know one of those sort of questions <laughs> yeah. about her character and she's like i don't even know who, who who what the glove is or the gauntlet all this kind of stuff which is girl boss essentially she she doesn't know the, the plot of the movies she's in she doesn't know which movies she's in because uh, in another interview she was asked about spider-man and blah 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 and she was spider-man we weren't in spider-man well i i was in avengers and she was indeed in spider-man but she just didn't recall and to prove that um she posted a, a Rob, for robert downey jr's birthday she posted a, a post um with him on uh a selfie they took together and Tom Holland which is now Spider-Man hmm. was on it too and and she captioned it happy birthday dear heart love me and that other guy in the photo <laughs> which could have been like oh she's just joking but knowing that she doesn't know she was on Spider-Man she clearly does have no clue who Tom Holland is but <sighs> Tom Holland is not the only one she forgot she she worked with. She's been known to to not remember all other actresses and uh, and actors she's worked with, which is rude or girl bossy. You decide. I I'm I I truly do not know how to categorize this woman. And uh, but I'm, the the thing is right. Okay, if I may, if I may, I don't reckon anyone else remembers the film she's been in because if she's not going to remember, why should I? Like, there was a moment. I know we're going to get to goop and sex, um, yeah. sex, love, and goop uh, later. But like, there was a moment in the first ep in the first um, episode where like she's there being all relatable and people are feeling a bit nervous, and she's like, "Oh, so just put on the Iron Man costume," and I was like. What's she talking about? And I think like half the people in the room were like, like sort of nervously laughing, like I'm sure that's relevant. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, she's an Iron Man, wasn't she? Like, well, I haven't seen Iron Man, but like I vaguely, she's, I vaguely remembered she's it. She's Pepper like, Potts, and she actually gets to wear an Iron Woman suit. She, Tony Stark makes a suit for her. But you see, I reckon e like even these people who are in the room with like this this massive massive Hollywood star, I reckon they didn't remember she she was an Iron Man. May I think the Marvel Universe people, I'm not in it. I haven't seen any of that movies. They know, but they just hate her because she doesn't consider it something important. So I think people do know her because of that, but 
hate her also because she doesn't really care about it. I, there, there's this one moment, and I th and it was very iconic because it's a little bit cheesy and paternalistic. Like all of a sudden, all the female superheroes get together at a moment mm -hmm. in in Endgame, in Endgame, yeah, Endgame, and it's like, oh yeah, let's let's give a moment for the ladies, no? And it's it was very patronizing. But all of the last one to form part of that family photo of superheroines is Gwyneth Paltrow with the Iron Man mask coming on. And it was a bit like, you're not even a superhero, but it's so awesome that you're like Tony Stark's uh, PA, personal assistant, who all of a sudden you become this girl boss who's like, you know what, I'm going to kick Thanos' ass. You know, like, even I have this moment. I don't know, it was... Well, she forgot about that too. <laughs> she totally forgot about it. She's she like, doesn't remember that. But let's cut her some slack because she's focusing on something else which is more, more important than any Marvel movie, which is her former newsletter turned business, mm -hmm. Goop. Yeah, which multi million dollar business. Multi million. It's, yeah, like a 200 million dollar yeah, business. Ridiculous. Something, yeah, something Whoa. ridiculous. Um, which must be hard work to keep up with because um, especially coming up with these insane pseudosciences articles must be like really tiring. Like what can I come up with? Who can I contact that gives me the most insane unhinged theory about anything? For example, <laughs> the one about how you might be actually be able to hurt water's feelings according to some study on how, on how negativity changes the structure of water so hang on a second hang on hang on hang on hang on just rewind this for one second in the goop newsletter yeah. there's an article on how you can hurt yeah. water's feelings yeah. and i've i'd actually heard this theory <laughs> oh my long, god before this so i'm you thinking the article, i bet you? no no but i bet you she heard something target. similar <laughs> what i had heard and i made a fool out of myself saying this in in cooking school is there was a japanese uh, scientist <laughs> yes, or something yes. who made an experiment where he would take two bowls of rice one he would speak to negatively with negative feelings and the other with positive feelings and apparently the next day the rice that had been spoken to negatively turned dark Mm -hmm. Turned a black color, whereas the other one was nice and white and fresh looking. That's literally the article. On that was the article. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> we get our sources from the same thing. I'm on Team Gwyneth. But you know, talking to plants apparently really does work. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, apparently well, water, think, according to Gwyneth Paltrow and Johan, <laughs> can, <laughs> can happen too. I, I believe in these things, yeah, you know, the positive we're vibes. Saying it, we're saying it's kind of insane, but nothing it's it's not true maybe it is or Yo, and i have a bridge would you like to buy my bridge <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean a bridge oh no it's, it's a famous expression because there's someone sold um london bridge to an american like in the 19th century and the american thought he was getting tower bridge which is like all big and impressive whereas actually he was getting london bridge which is, which just, is just like a bridge a, a, <laughs> no thanks sorry <laughs> well there's a lot more bridges to sell on on whoop there's the the most famous one was when she um, there was an article about how if you the benefits of introducing a sixty six dollar jade egg which you could buy on the website on your vagina um could have these properties that not even Gwyneth Paltrow seemed to really know but it was ancient Chinese traditional she didn't know um which led to a hundred and forty five thousand dollar lawsuit against Whoop, which they lost, so they had to pay, for unsubstained marketing claims. And now they have a little disclaimer in, in all of their products, uh, yeah, products and <sighs> stuff like... This might what? be horseshit. 
Absolutely no medical use whatsoever. But hang on, right? That seems like quite. If I was going to sue Gwyneth Paltrow's group operation for money for. Um, putting a JDAG in places it shouldn't be. I would go for a lot more than $145,000. Yeah, like, this didn't Lawyers, really affect the, the brand. Like, they just paid, paid and be like, okay, whatever. I think that you can still buy these eggs on, on the side. They just paid and had a little disclaimer and be like, okay, let's let's continue with the show. But my favorite part about Goop's website thing, it's the yeah insane, unhinged, gift guides there are like for Christmas, birthdays, whatever uh-huh. um, if you're bad at thinking of gifts just like I am for your loved ones or whoever Winneth Paltrow really has your back because I think like I could spend the whole hour just listing the most incredibly crazy products there are on, on the website but I'm just gonna do a few of my favorite mm-hmm. but it was very hard to choose well, I had to mention the vagina. <laughs> this is how my vagina smells like scandals. But the the cool part is that if you're not willing to lead your house on fire because they've been known for exploding before the scandals, we now have a safer option, which is a roll-on cologne, which is the basically the same. I'm- and and if you're not, you know, if you are like, oh, I don't know if I want to smell Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, I may want to smell her orgasms. You have that option too, oh, because we have this is what my orgasms smell like. What? And, hang on, hang on. This is what a, the modern world has got to. I can wear a deodorant that smells of Gwyneth Paltrow. A cologne. Of Gwyneth oh, Paltrow's person. orgasm. Not, or, well, vagina. or vagina. Or vagina. You, yeah. you can choose. There's wow. options. You. The person you're gifting it to, you have to guess which one he would like because obviously it's something we want. But if you're looking for something more family friendly, maybe you're gifting something to your mom and you're like, maybe I don't want my mom to smell like Winneth vagina. Um, you can go for something more classic because Winneth is thinking for everybody. Everybody is included in the in her gifts guides. Um, something classy and classic like a, a set of cards. What about a gold set of playing cards with a leather case just retailing for $2,300? That sounds like an amazing gift to, to give someone. Like, yeah, you, I thought you needed this set of gold cards that I just casually bought you for, for your birthday for $2,000. You're welcome. I'm an amazing friend. But if you're not in, they're not into cards that much, but maybe more into board games or, th- or mm-hmm. something more chill why not go for a wishy board for the low cost of $1,995 and you just can communicate with your whole ancestry list and that would be an amazing family reunion your mother would be amazingly surprised and and proud that you well no that gift. N- my mother wouldn't because my mother always said don't mess with Ouija boards she did once yeah. as a teenager as a professional teenager and had a very bad experience she's always said don't know Ouija yeah. boards well, no. maybe I've always, that's always yeah same here like the, it, it can bring a bad uh, omen into your life I and can't stuff. believe like Gwyneth Paltrow's doing this I don't but like... what about the Ouija board is a th- almost two hundred two thousand dollars so maybe that would be good vibes just the uh, great spirits would like, come and be like yeah bob marley john lennon <laughs> yeah it, it has something special it's not like a, some casual shitty wish board it's 
It's a two hundred, yeah, two thousand dollar one. Look, this is she's a marketing genius. I mean, the candle actually says this smells like my vagina. It's not like a little tagline in the copy <laughs>、oh, no. of the shop,、uh, like to, to, like a description of the product. No, the product's name is this smells like my vagina,、mm-hmm. and it comes with a warning: burn candle with insight. Keep away from things that catch fire. <laughs> <With> insight. <laughs> Keep out of reach of children and pets. Trim wick to、uh, one eighth before every lighting. Place on a stable heat resistant. Surface. Keep wax pool free of debris. Do not burn for more than two hours at a time. Allow glass to cool completely before handling. And the ingredients. This is what I'm, I'm interested in. <laughs> Apparently, the <laughs> ingredients、fun. that manage to make give you the feeling that you're smelling、um, Gwyneth Paltrow's、um, vagina. B- vagina is soy wax, benzyl benzoate, isocamphenyl.、Uh, all these chemicals.、Uh, Citronel. Goop approved chemicals. <laughs> Goop approved chemicals. And citronella, so it'll also keep mosquitoes away. Yeah. Hey, hey. brilliant. But is she just genius, or does she just not give a flying f? Like, she doesn't get. I mean, it's not. It's it's not subtle. It's as you it, say. It's just confusing. It, she's Winnet Paltrow. You you just don't know. You she to me she's not evil like an evil marketing queen. She's. Confusing, and I respect that about her. But I was looking at this extensive list of incredible gifts, and I thought, what I would gift Ben and Johan? I have to come up with the best gift, especially、right. since it's your birthday, Johan. I thought of the perfect one. <laughs> But let's begin with Sir Je- Benjamin the first, because I would I gift do, you.、Yeah. An established titles lordship title pack in which you can become a lord or lady with the purchase of a one square foot of land on a private estate in Scotland. What? And then you would, <laughs> that would be an amazing gift, which is on on the go. Do you know I have a friend who's done that because this has been available for a while through, through other places, and you become a laird, not a lord. Um, whatever. Well, maybe I don't. Anyway, um, and he can actually use it in his travel documents. He's actually officially it's it's brilliant.、Oh, he doesn't. He's not allowed to go and vote in the house of. I saw that. Rappers were doing this. I think Snoop Dogg was also like, like "You want to become lord, a lord?" lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, "Sir, actually, it's lord." I, that was misleading. <laughs> But no,、yeah. no, no, no. You, if someone's a lord, you say, you say "Sir, sir Benjamin."、Oh. That, well, that's what you have to say. Good <laughs> God! <laughs> so it would technically be Sir Sir Benjamin of like how you much? Know, wherever this. Has,、um, what's the cheapest? It didn't state the price because it's a priceless gift. <laughs> it's oh, okay. <laughs> I've got fifty dollars. <laughs> No, don't worry. It's on my、um, part, so I'm gonna、oh, give that、damn. for you. <laughs>、so、don't, don't worry about the price. And, that's so tacky. That's <laughs> no, so tacky. that's a good that's gift so, right idea. So、don't... so tacky. I'm sorry. No, that would be the perfect because Winneth says so. And for you, Johan, as gifts、um, is always taking into account the person's liking、mm-hmm. and their hobbies and what they enjoy. And you're a gastronomy king and you enjoy cooking a lot. I would give you a camel milk home delivery service for a hundred for a hundred dollars a month. Camel milk, <laughs> right to your home、camel、every、milk. single month. <laughs> And you might be thinking, camel milk? Why would I drink camel milk? But if Winnet tells you to, she she must be onto something. You, I we kind of trust her, right? We're super group、uh, fans,、okay. but. Um, apparently, apparently, that's not always the case. That that's that the camel milk is on the list doesn't mean that Winnet has actually tasted it or or approved or that even knows it's there because she did an interview with Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, some of one the, of the Jimmy, one、yeah. of the Jimmys, and and he was asking her about 
articles like, oh, what do you think about what you said in this article? And she was like, I never heard of that. I've never read that, actually. And he was like, okay, that's uh, your website, but okay. And then he took uh, one of the, the, the camel milk um, things and was like, why do you like camel milk so much? And she was like, oh, camel milk. Um, I haven't really tried it, but they say they have a lot of vitamins or something, right? And he was like, it's on your gift guide. And she was like, oh, yeah, let's try it. Uh, and it's like, Winneth, you're supposed to be like the, the person that's encouraging everyone to buy this, but she doesn't really know. So I guess Goop is like, like a Russian roulette in which you don't know which of the insane products are actually uh, Gwyneth favorites or which ones <laughs> she doesn't even really know they exist. So it's like a part of the fun of the Whoop website. It's You don't know. It's it's just there and, and it's all insane. So it's even more fun. But I must say, yes, it's pseudoscience. Yes, it, it's sometimes even almost dangerous, the things she recommends and, and says and stuff. But I feel like we're kind of missing the point of what Gwyneth is doing. I don't think she's literal when writing this stuff. Like you cannot uh, take seriously that the, some of a pack of stickers for like a hundred dollars in which they radiate positive energy or something like that. It's, it's like, I know this woman is making like performance art. She's like playing an act in real time, live now. And and we're just the 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 people watching and, and the people who take it literally maybe are not understanding that she's making like the theater of life. Hmm. And well, stuff. You see, this is why I was really looking forward to Sex, Love and Goop. Her, mm-hmm. her it's Netflix. like a meta show within her big show of life. Well, exactly, exactly. And I was like, I read reviews like there's a weirdest sex show on the planet, the craziest. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And I thought it was quite boring in the end. Yeah, like, I just thought it was like I was expecting something absolutely nuts with like loads of vagina candles. And it was just like... It was just like, I don't know. I thought it was quite... It was very tame. Yeah, what did Mm -hmm. you reckon? I I thought I was going to cringe a lot more and that's why I was watching it like, ah, this is going to be like torture, Mm -hmm. but that that necessity to see like these really mild couples, you know, like getting intimate. But what I saw from the first episode is like there's there's two couples and one I really connected with. The, was it Rama and... Mm -hmm. um, Felicitas. Felicitas. Yeah. You know, and they're like, they've got two kids and they, their sex life is suffering because they're always tired and stressed and work and kids and making their breakfast and then work and work and you know it's like well this is a, something that happens to everyone right after a certain age and um, it was it was actually quite like it's just entertaining to see people that you kind of think yeah you can relate to and they're 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 doing the obvious things like oh rub rub her behind the knees and all of a sudden they're bringing out all these like sex toys that look like they've been designed by mm, some fashion designer or something <laughs> they don't look like the kind of things you find in a sex shop and uh it's i don't know i I thought they were interesting because they're on this sort of sex show and it struck me that the problems they had were more with the day-to-day relationship right yeah so like they're like okay you know we've got children and we split up for a bit and that kind of thing and then she was like well try this sort of thing about like you know around your bodies and it was like i do they need that or maybe it's like they're on the wrong show you know, it's like yeah. they needed someone to go. Well, do you, why do you appreciate Ram? Why do you, fl-? you know, you know? I didn't think they, 
they necessarily needed to be on Sex, Love and Goop. That was that was the moment I cringed a bit. It's like, okay, now face each other and tell her how you feel, like what you appreciate about her. And the, the way Americans always sanitize mm. all this language, you know, it's all, they, they all speak like, like they're talking about their partner in a startup company. It's like, I really appreciate our partnership. <laughs> You know, the, and it's like, you're, it's your wife, the mother of your children. You know, it's like, and, and she kind of says, it's like, I wish you would say things like, I don't know, I love the books that you read or, or stuff like that. I, it was a very funny, like the, this guy put in this awkward position of having to speak in front of camera, a camera crew and say like something deep about his partner. And that, yeah, I don't know. It's, it was a little bit forced. Yeah. But then there's the other couple and the other guy's a genius because uh they they start they they they're testing this this little um whip kind li- of thing? it's not a whip well, it's like a like a like a tennis pala, racket yeah. thing what do you call it? like a racket not a racket but a pala uh, yeah. in spanish a stick uh, yeah something <laughs> like well what what school martyrs would hit children with a cane. A, it's like a cane but it's a, a flat you know it's yeah. nice and flat so it's like yeah yeah pat her on her behind you know and let's let's find her tolerance level you know and from from 1 to 10 does this hurt and the guy like lightly pats her her cheeks like and she's like but but with this speed like <laughs> rather than something like more playful right and he's like just like, <laughs> like patting her and she's like no no i'm not really feeling that you can go higher and it's like okay and and, and he <laughs> he starts patting her a bit stronger and and the expert asks the 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 wife he's like do you, do you enjoy that she's like yeah yeah that feels good and she's like what about you and he's like <laughs> I feel like I just work here. (laughs) I feel like I just work here, you know, because he's like (laughs) doing this sort of repetitive movement with no kind of mystery or like, you know, play with the rhythms, man. You know, like surprise her. It's like, am I going to pat you now? No, no. There comes another. No, but right, right. I I was with him there because like, okay, obviously I wouldn't go on the program like this. But if like someone forced me to go on a program like this, I would do it in the least sexual manner possible. I would I would have been there like, yes, this yeah. is a, this is a moderate tapping. Yes. How is that with is the it? whole camera crew and everything, and knowing it will stream on Netflix like yeah. internationally? I Damon and Erica. I really like Damon and Erica. You prefer the other couple? I, Damon. And I Erica actually was, like them both. Yeah. Damon and Erica. And Damon and Erica. She says, "Erica, take as many clothes as you feel comfortable with and and lie on the on the thing." <laughs> she doesn't take anything <laughs> off, and she just lies down, and then the patting begins. <laughs> I feel like I just. What did you think, Ma? Did you enjoy it? I didn't enjoy it at all. I was ready to... For Winnet, she's barely on it. She just talks to the therapist from time to time. And I'm like, I I just want her to give crazy advice. I don't want to see boring, normal people do it. Like, I don't... At times I felt like I was looking through a, a therapy session of a couple that I didn't know of I was like why am I here I don't know these people like I'm I'm invading someone's privacy and I was like I hope it doesn't turn into them being forced into having awkward sex in the middle of the I session. know because it, like, it was 18 it was 18 rated I was like oh yeah. my god they're actually gonna yeah. and, and the first episode everyone's dressed right everyone like they, there's no nudity or anything it's just like you know look each other rub rub them and the axilla so mm-hmm. and behind the knees all this kind of very tame very soft but but it's eight episodes so I imagine how are we gonna get to the grand finale where yeah, it's like I don't strip yeah. that's where the comes in all of the couples now you 
you made it to the end now. Let's all have like a, an orgy, all of you together, because you mastered the goop energy. But I, I don't know. I, I felt uh, like cringy, awkward in the in a sense I, I wasn't expecting. Like I was expecting it to be cringy for saying cringy stuff or saying like pseudoscience things. But it was just cringy because it was not entertaining in a sense that it was just too norm normal it's people very just, normal yeah I it's know. new normal because obviously there's a lot of mixed race couples or people yeah. of color you know it's it's like okay let's let's not make the typical vanilla mm -hmm. kind of sex show let's try and and mix it all up a little bit and it's like a it's that vision of oh the perfect lifestyle that goop is always trying to you know everyone lives in nice houses mm -hmm. with a mixture of rustic and nordic kind of settings and the furniture and it's it's basically a, a goop catalog video it's like <laughs> all of the products that you see on screen you you can find something like it on mm -hmm. the goop website from the candles to the rugs to the creams so i was quite bored of that right mm -hmm. and mm. i thought and it just so happened that this review for Saweetie's uh, yeah. Sex Unzipped show popped also up. Also on Netflix. And yeah. I was like, okay, right. Well, if I'm bored by Goop, this is going to be absolutely off the off the hook kind of exciting. Um, <laughs> and the, the review literally in The Guardian gave it literally no stars out of five um, and said it was fascinatingly terrible. I thought, this is me. <laughs> and I thought that was really boring as well. I was really disappointed. It was like, oh, God. I liked it because I liked the fact that they're mixing... Puppets like like oh, on God, Sesame the Street, puppets. <laughs> the puppets, you know, and they're all super inclusive. And one, you know, I can't remember how one is like uh, identifies as non non-binary, so it's like refer to me as them or they. And it's it's That's a Molly, Molly, Molly. Yeah, she's pansexual as f. Pansexual as f. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Saweetie did a. I mean, the reviewer in the Guardian really hated everything about the show, and I thought Saweetie did a. I know how these things are. You get a celebrity who's not really that used to. Mm -hmm. Presenting, but they read off an auto cue, and she, you know, she she does her best. And obviously, oh. they have comedians uh, giving their little insights. And there was one which was very funny. What I thought was funny when she said, "You know, my mother says no one ever tells you that you get to an age where sex ends. So, and you're never going to get any any more of it. So, make sure you have as much sex as you can while you're 25." And and then she does a some I don't know what she said. Um, I think she said something like she's taking dicks for her and her mum. Exactly. See, I, I, I thought like it was just, you know how you get those. As, as soon as like the comedians came on, I was like, oh, it's like this because you know you get those shows where like comedians who are like often very funny in their day yeah. jobs mm -hmm. just come on and they just talk about stuff. It's really, really American kind of thing. You know, it might be like, oh, 90s films and like cut to the same comedians like oh, Gremlins. Wasn't that great? And as soon as they did that, I was like, Gremlins is great, by the way. Um, uh, but as soon as they cut to them, I was like, oh, it's that. And it's, you know, it's like the same people. It's like Catherine Ryan, who's and everything. And it's very funny, but she is on everything. Yeah. Uh, Ramesh Ranganathan, who is very funny but he's on everything and it was just like the same people yeah. and it was like I didn't really see like any any big crossover it was like well why are they talking about sex because yeah. they've got a check and they're appearing on this on on this sex program and I didn't think they were very interesting I thought the puppets were pretty I think the problem with the puppets right was they were kind of meant to be funny and like but you couldn't kind of go that far because you've got like Molly, who whose whose pansexual pronouns they them, right? Um, and 
the fact that you've got this in a puppet in a way is ridiculous, but you can't sort of say much about it without being really mean, if you see mm. what I mean. Like, it's not something that you can then make jokes about. So then you've got, like, this weird pansexual puppet that you can't kind of make jokes with, so you've kind of got to take it seriously. And it was like, yeah, but you're... You're a puppet, you know, like you're, yeah. you're and and I I don't know. I thought I thought like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous, and then it, it wasn't. It was almost like like puppets giving me advice. I was like, oh god, it's, it, yeah. it's weird because it's like, who did they make this show for? For teenagers? Oh, for yeah. children? No, obviously not for children because you know they they swear a lot and stuff. But uh, and for, and adults, I for people my age in our forties, I think <laughs> it's a it's a show. It's one of those shows that you can stick on in the background like you like normal daytime television you know and oh no you can't because well, i was daytime. watching i was watching it and my wife came home from work and she just looked at it she's like what are you watching <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the kind of sort of mainstream television content that they play at 11 at night which it's like you know what it's 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 not meant to be uh, you don't have to overthink it too much you watch it i really liked the the german um, sexologist uh, you know she, she starts talk, giving advice on how to massage the vulva or how to massage a penis correctly, you know. And it's like stuff that you think you already knew, but she's like, well, no, but if you do this with the labia and this, that, the other, it's like, well, you know, it's, it's, if you're watching this with your partner next to you, you might get in the mood. So a somatic like, sexologist, nonetheless. Mm hmm. And also I, with a very interesting so accent. I'd never heard the word somatic sexology until yesterday, and then I heard it twice <laughs> in, in quick succession. I was quite pleased. What's a somatic? It's the meeting of somatics, focusing awareness through the body with sexolo sexology, the scientific study of human sexuality. Oh. And also, you know, it's like, okay, this is the future of how TV shows should look like. Like most of the comedians, there were of mixed race. There was a transgender comedian. There was only one cis-hetero male uh, white male you know whereas before you you it's like oh i've been listening to seven guys and maybe just two women or something all of a sudden this is very well balanced and it doesn't feel it didn't feel too forced you know or indeed funny yeah, yeah it wasn't it, that, it, yeah, it, it wasn't that it, i was just like you went thinking like oh i didn't really enjoy the good one i'm gonna love the sweetie one because it's sweetie i like her um, the puppets are gonna be cringy enough for mm -hmm. me to laugh at it, yeah. like not laugh with it, but at it. Um, I'm thinking about who wrote this, and then I know Trixie Mattel, who is my favorite drag queen, mm -hmm. was on there too. So I was like, I'm here for it, and I just cared about whenever Trixie was on two seconds of the show, and then I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I it's, it's. It was not supposed to be boring, and at times I was like, "Okay, yeah, whatever, speed mm. up." Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, next. yeah. But yeah, I don't know how you could make like I like the idea of having sex shows and being like educational because um, one of the guys is like, "You cannot." There's like there's something very wrong about learning about sex when you're young through porn because yeah. that's insane. Um, so I like the idea of trying to make sex shows. Uh, on Netflix and stuff that you can like stumble across and, and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch that. But I don't think we have find the formula to make it work, make it interesting, make it not yeah. as cringy, make it... I It's difficult, but it ha there has to be a way. We haven't found it because group was boring and I'm not watching that ever again. <laughs> no, I mean either. And and not even Sawiri reading very badly the script saved that show either. So I don't know what you have to do, but 
we can keep trying and we can keep reviewing very bad sex shows, but we're not there yet. I think I've gone off the whole thing, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole. I'm just gonna wait for someone to say, "Yo, this is actually very good." So, and then I'm gonna watch it. I well, just I... thought I was gonna cringe a lot more, and I was let down because I, when I saw the trailer for the Goop one, it reminded me of those that that there's a couple of those videos where they get strangers in from the street to kiss each other without oh man them. man oh that is i have never cringed so badly that is like ah i felt so f take this away from me but at the same time i can't stop watching when they you know oh okay it's super awkward and 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 the way they hold their faces like because they're trying to be super tender and respectful which is makes it even worse you know and it's like okay so how do we do this okay mm -hmm. and uh, and then they're like giving themselves little pecks mm -hmm. and to get in the mood of things and it's like ah no dear, my eyes my eyes are bleeding please take this away but then i need to watch it again and again <laughs> i would i guess because i'd hate to be in that situation you know like it's you know, you, you kind of see yourself when you're, it's yeah, like, what would, how would I react yeah. in a in a very well-lit studio with mm -hmm. these photographers and filmers? And it's like, you got to make it look natural and you want to be nice so that the other person doesn't feel... It's, I had to do it once with for a short movie, like... A, uh, these, like a screen case? No, yeah, it was, yeah, I had to make out with, with, with this actress, right? And... Oh, I, I, I think that's the day I decided I don't want to act anymore. Cause <laughs> what was I, it like? What was it like? I mean, how? it's weird because you know you're trying to make it look aesthetic as yeah. well, and and I have too many like self-esteem issues where I don't like the way I look when I kiss on on screen. I don't know. It's like some people are are meant to be you know to kiss on screen, like yeah. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, or I don't know, you can say Hollywood stars, you know. But it was like, and and you're not. And and it, and it's like kissing an apple. Like you, you, you're not using tongue. You're not. You don't kiss like you kill. You kiss a real person that you're fond of. But how do you because know? Because you're trying to be respectful. But how do you know that? Like how? Like I, I might have gone in with tongue, yeah. thinking like that's what's done. Not because I want to pull. You know, the yeah. poor person. I'm sure doesn't want me to. You know, just not knowing. You'd be like, well, is that what you do? But how do you know? How do you know you don't go in with tongue? And like, what yeah. happens? And if you don't go in, and the other person does. It's well, like, ideally, it's a minefield. I imagine the Hollywood high-level romantic movies they have like a coach or someone like intimacy guide, coach, an intimacy yeah. coach, not only to make it look good on camera because, and that's what I liked about the guy telling us speaking about porn mm -hmm. uh, on on the Netflix uh, the, the, the Saweetie one. one. He's like, look, people have this misguided thing about porn, not even. Even porn actors on set fuck like mm -hmm. like what you see on screen there's so many there's so much trickery things happen that have to be edited out and stuff it's like it's it's unreal it's an exaggerated version of of nature um you know so so people have this misconception and it's the same thing with uh, intimate scenes in hollywood it's super aestheticized and you know the the angle of the face and the lighting it's all very important and i imagine there's a person saying look Use tongue now because if you use too much tongue, it might look vulgar. We're gonna go for a classy kind of feel, so maybe it's just a, a little. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm just imagining what it must be like. I've never had the experience of working with a uh, intimacy coach. Should we listen to a song? Yeah. Let's go. All right. <laughs> this is Lizzo. <laughs> That bitch, even when I'm crying crazy Yeah, I got boy problems, that's the human in me Bling, bling, then I solve them, that's the goddess in me You could've had a bad bitch, not committal 
That is Lizzo with uh, Truth Hurts. It would have probably made more sense to have a Sweetie song now I think about it, but I just kind of like the idea of truth hurting. That we'd, you know, <laughs> we'd got the truth uh, about sex and it hurt. Um, so that, 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 was my, that was my thinking, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> luckily, after, after that, we've got a very, very calm album. I think this album might be the perfect sort of uh, thing to, to, to relax us after that. My nerves are slightly mm-hmm. jangling after that night. Uh, but um, our album of the week is from Helado Negro, um, Roberto Carlos Lang, um, and it is Far In. What did you reckon? I love him. I, I love it. I, I love it. I don't know. I loved the previous album, which which is titled. I'm struggling to remember, but it was one of my favorite albums yeah. of uh, 2019. 2019. Uh, this is how you smile. That was the name of that album. Yeah, this is how you smile. One of my favorite albums ever, and mm-hmm. the the vibe continues here. It's his debut for for AD. That label I love very much. Ever since they released stuff from the Cocteau Twins and nearly all of my favorite bands are on for AD or have released. And apparently he recorded this. He made Far In entirely in his Brooklyn apartment, but he took inspiration from uh, t- the time he spent at the height of the pandemic in a small border town called Marfa in Texas, which I've been a little bit obsessed about because obsessed, not obsessed, but I'm really I'd, I wouldn't mind going if it was easier to get there. Apparently, you have to take a plane and then drive. I don't know how many hours. And it's this little town in Texas where there is a Prada store slash gallery, art gallery. And when you go there, lots of fashion people go to take uh, to make photo shoots and stuff. And uh, there's like a supermarket with really carefully curated products and stuff. I don't know. It's like the kind of stuff I'm really into. It's really bougie <laughs> in the middle of the desert. He, he got stuck there. Him and his wife went to do an art because his wife's an artist and uh, she went to do like an art installation thing there. And then the pandemic happened and they got wow. stuck. So they were stuck in like a really shitty apartment with like no kitchen. And yeah, like and a shitty place because it does have like the Prada store, but it's more like a, an aesthetic more than a place yeah. you live. It's like the desert. It's basically. a desert town. It's like a it's one of those forgotten towns that's, um. you know, but all of a sudden all these hipsters are moving there because they can't afford to keep living in the big cities. <laughs> so that's where they're going. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this could become like this nice little uh, hipster utopia where all of a sudden you find really good specialty coffee in the middle of the desert. I don't know. Uh, I like that kind of shit. I can't help it. Anyway, but speaking about the music, I love this album. But the only critique I have is that it's a little bit too long. Aren't all all albums these days? Yeah. yeah. It's, It's like all of a sudden you get to the 12th track, Thank You Forever, and it kind of naturally feels like the perfect ending to this wonderful, breezy, chilled vibe all throughout. And it's like, ah, oh, what a great way to... And I was like, oh, no, no, there's still three more songs left. And it's like, okay, because he's singing mostly in the same kind of vibe and tone all throughout the album, and I like it. I love his voice and I love the cheesy, the the, the breezy vibe, but it's like, oh, okay, that you know how too much lemon pie is not a good thing? Like, no matter mm-hmm. how great and awesome and that lemon pie may be, too much of it can become empalagoso, as Roberto Carlos Lange would say to his grandparents. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people are just like, we'll just switch off after the 12th one. But, like, you kind of can't, you know? I found it, like, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really enjoyed it, particularly when listening in, in, two, in two bits. Because kind of all the standards are really high, but it's like the stuff towards the end. 
you kind of lose because you've had quite a lot of it. So I yeah. like very much like favoured breaking it up into two. I like the electronic ones most. Um, mm. Ones like uh, Outside the Outside, which was quite slinky, I thought. Like when, kind of when he um, uh, like upped the electronic sound. I wasn't that familiar with him before. I mean, I knew, knew of him. Um, but this is quite a departure, isn't it? It not departure because it follows on from the vibe of uh, this is how you smile, mm-hmm. but I the same as you Ben. I only really went into him from the previous album. I haven't listened to his earlier albums, and I don't know what they sound like. But anyway, on this one, he 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 balances well. The summer songs are in English. Some songs are in Spanish, like um, Agosto, which he duets with Buscabulla on, and it's nice that he's really becoming this sort of. Uh, he's he's kind of singing from the Latinx experience, no? Uh, which is a which is an interesting thing in in popular culture that not all Latinx music it has to be reggaeton or dembow and stuff. There's also this kind of this this chilled vibe that reminds of not bossa nova, not bossa nova. I don't know. It's just a kind a different kind of Latin mm-hmm. music that. That, that hasn't been so celebrated in, in popular culture. Well, I asked him about this um, because I'm really fascinated with people who write uh, songs in different languages. Mm. You know, like if they access like a different part of his brain because he does some in English, some in Spanish. Uh, and he said, no, not really. It was just like, this is, you know, the word. He starts with a melody and then kind of sounds come out. And sometimes the sounds feel like Spanish and sometimes they feel English. Ah, interesting. 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 Well, why do you love him so much? You said you love him. I love him. I, I just know he just... His voice, um, his, I don't know, I really like his music. It calms me in a way I don't feel in others. So, like, I, I have to, a mood for Elado Negro, especially. Yeah. And, and uh, it doesn't happen for other artists. So, and I was kind of expecting, I don't know why, um, that his next album after the 2019 one would be all in Spanish. I don't, I don't know, hmm. maybe because what, my favorite tracks in the last one, some of them were the ones that were in Spanish. in Spanish. So I was like, oh, maybe he's branching out and a lot of our, even Christina Aguilera is making music yeah. in Spanish. So I was Christina like, always did a song. She did, she had a song in Spanish even at the height of her debuting career. Um, I thought it was just nonsense that was coming now. I didn't know. No, no, no. Christina Aguilera has every right to sing in Spanish. First of all, <laughs> she has Span- uh, Hispanic heritage. Her father, I think it was. And what was the song? Um uh, si tu quieres. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but she she ha- she sang one of her hits, even though she wasn't fluent in her day to day of speaking Spanish. Like, you know, she's not like Gloria Stefan that you can have a conversation in Spanish with. Uh, she, she you has always Latin drop roots. this in. You're always you always criticize her Spanish. This is not the first time you've done it. In fact, no, I did it about Selena Gomez. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Me, Selena Gomez. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, now she's trying to sort of ride the yeah, wave of I, yeah, my Latin roots. I thought. Not Elado Negro, obviously, is not writing anyway. But I was like, maybe he will make a full-on Spanish album. And it was not was just like the the other one, because he just goes, as you said, Ben, uh, in whichever way he's feeling. And I really like it. It's not that I was like disappointed. I was like, I want every single one to be in Spanish. Um, because I don't know why he just keeps being Elado Negro and I don't want him to change. Some some artists change from album to album. They explore new genres and, and do stuff and, and sometimes it, it goes well and they discover a new stuff on their music and sometimes it goes bad. And I don't want him to explore maybe because of the Tauro, Tauro in me. Hmm. Um, but I, I just want him to keep being Elado Negro forever just as he is now because I just love his music. 
what feelings does this album inspire in you? I don't know. Suddenly I'm a calm person and I'm not a calm person. But when I'm listening to him, I feel like I, I can be. Johan? Like I just the the mood that it takes me to it's like when you've just woken up from a summer siesta and the window is open and the ocean breeze is coming in that mm-hmm. is Elado Negro's mood. Oh man, but time. that's the best mood. That's yeah, the that best. is. Yeah. And that's but you but you're slightly you're slightly melancholy when you when you wake up from mm-hmm. that siesta because yeah, you're happy but mm, Well, that was one of the interesting case. things like some like some of the songs on the album are talking about like environmental destruction and that and that kind of thing, you know, like very big big important and troubling topics but like for me the same it like inspires this just total feeling of like oh everything's everything's all right (laughs) like if you live in helsinki and listen to this on the darkest winter night you will feel the warmth you know that Mm -hmm. i think he he knows that he knows that he has this power to to change people's habitats with this breezy kind of strummy sound also can i can i really uh big him up because um as i said i interviewed him and um Making basically, I got I got his album his album title wrong. So yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's I only know. two words far in. Like the, 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 the how could you? What did you call I, it? I, I like I said way in because I knew it was like something that's normally yeah, out, okay. and he'd actually say in. And I just like. And do you know what? Do you know what he 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 retweeted it. He didn't say you're a dick. He didn't, which I was. He didn't oh, say will you pay some attention? He, he was just like. And then apparently he 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 um. Because obviously the Primavera people retweeted it as one. Well, he just got in touch to say, "Hey, thanks so much for tweeting it." Just, by the way. yeah, just by the way, it's actually got the the name wrong. I was like, "Oh my god, you're the oh. you're literally the nicest person in the history of the world," and I'm a dick. So big up. Um. What else did he tell? Obviously, that interview is available on RPS Presents Elado Negro. What else did he did he tell you about this album or something revealing that was interesting? Um, I think he talked quite a lot about. Um, I tried to get him in like how much he was inspired by like like being in Marfa and being in this very different kind of place because to me it sounds a bit deserty. It sounds a lot more like that than than kind of Brooklyn, which yeah. is like mm-hmm. where he actually did a lot a lot of the work on it. And I, I was wondering. I, I think he just sort of said that it kind of um, it wasn't like anything conscious, but he just kind of felt this this way. You know, you you kind of when you're in a place like that, like desert basically you, you you're very conscious of the environment around you and you're very conscious of like uh, changing things um, mm. in in that kind of manner that's what he said um, i always feel better when i when i drive around like areas where there's a lot of nature and stuff it's like what are people complaining about climate change this is <laughs> look at all these trees look at <laughs> and it's nice isn't it it's nice it's, nice. it's like oh yeah when you right. take the ave to madrid you go through so oh, much l- natural land that that you don't see any kind of towers and stuff it's like you know what maybe if i spent more time just looking at these places i wouldn't feel so anxious and weary that the world is ending uh. <laughs> just listen to alado negro instead yeah. exactly on the ave let's listen to a bit more of helado negro Oh, 
Jesus. of a certain age men of a certain age this music speaks to me it has always spoken to me Tina Turner so uh, tomorrow it's the kickoff of the Inedit Festival uh, Barcelona's um, music documentary festival uh, there's lots of interesting stuff on their lineup as every year um, there's the bit and the sound and fury of Rick James there's American rap star there's Crestone which I don't know what it's about uh, <laughs> what is this uh, there's one about Lydia Lunch there's, there's lots of good stuff but the one i was able to watch uh, last week because it was on my movie my, my one of the channels i'm subscribed to was tina the documentary about tina turner tina simply titled tina and it's a story that we've all known since since especially since they made the hollywood movie about her her horrible time being married to ike turner what's love got to do with it which was incredibly uh, interpreted by uh, Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne in the role of Ike. Uh, and Tina Turner at the time always spoke about how hard it was for her to come out in public with her story of of surviving um, domestic abuse at the hands of Ike Turner. Um, but that, what, the mo- it's interesting that this documentary sheds light on how the moment she came out with that story is when she became the independent super mega global rock star that she became because so many people uh, identified with her struggle and her story of 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 overcoming this is that true i thought i i've got my timeline a bit mixed up i thought she was already a big star by the time that that, that came out when when obviously she was famous for being ike and Tina Turner, part of Ike and Tina Turner, the Ike and Tina Turner review. But she hadn't already done things like I Don't Want to Lose You and What's Love Got to Do With It? When the film came out, yes. But it, okay, it wasn't the movie. It's when she sold her story to People magazine. Ah, right. When right, right, she right, gave right. an interview. Mm. And that's what this documentary shows. It's like, look, she, uh, she, 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 she managed to get out, uh, escape from her, her incarceration in that marriage with Ike Turner. 16 years. I didn't know she'd been married for 16 years to this guy who had been uh, horribly treating her and beating her up since practically the start. It wasn't like after four or five years. No, no, from the get-go, the guy was Satan, basically, on Earth. Everyone thinks R. Kelly is, is Satan, but it's like, yeah, but R- Ike Turner kind of, I think... Was he, I, don't know, that's, I think we can safely dif- disapprove them both. But yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cancel them both entirely. But anyway, um, but it's interesting to see how even though she was quite a, a very famous, she was a superstar with as part of the Ike and Tina Turner review and Rolling Stones were great fans of theirs. And it's always been said that Mick Jagger copied a lot of Tina's uh, way of dancing and performing to get his kind of shimmy shimmy kind of moves. Um, everyone loved Tina Turner, but it's amazing how she talks about how her self-esteem was completely annihilated by Ike. Uh, You know, she'd spend her life just going from the recording studio to concerts to her bedroom. And she had four kids uh, that she was raising within this family. And and she wasn't really around. And what's really heartbreaking is that it wasn't just the 16 years of marriage to Ike Turner. It was her childhood as well. Her parents did not love her and her siblings. And... 
And there's even a moment in the documentary where she, she when she's finally uh, her own star, uh, she buys her mother a house and, and uh, you know, the, the most beautiful thing that all of us would love to do, you know, buy our parents' houses. And, and even then her mother is like, totally like doesn't show any love she doesn't and and tina turner now speaks like yeah yeah my mother never loved me my and jesus and it's so heartbreaking that she and she says it she lived her entire first half of her life until her 50s without knowing love obviously the love of her children but but being loved like by your parents and by by someone who romantically she had never felt loved and and so all of a sudden, when you see her in the 80s with her incredible mane of hair, you know, performing songs like I Don't Want to Lose You and uh, What's Love Got to Do With It and stuff to these with, with all this pathos coming out. But at the same time, she's smiling, grinning from ear to ear because she's made it, you know, on her own terms. My, my, the hairs on my arm are standing up. But it, But you think, what a shame. Obviously, in the end, she does find romance and love, and she's still, you know, the partner that she's still with today. It's a beautiful little story. So in the end, it's a great story of, like, look, no matter how much, you know, they always say in entertainment business especially, you know, it's like uh, if you have pipe dreams of becoming a star and you haven't made it by the age of 30, forget it, no? And it's like, uh, hang on a minute, Tina Turner, yes, she'd been, she'd been performing for years since she was in her teens, basically, um, it's not like she just came to the stage when she was 50, but she became massive by the age of, you know, 51 or something on her own terms with her, you know, just with a manager supporting her, you know, and believing in her. So it's a beautiful story of, yeah, of never give up, um, uh, no matter how bad, how bad life has treated you and stuff. It's like, you know, look at, Look at what what can happen, you know, when when all of a sudden you just work really hard at your talent and stuff and and never drop the ball. I don't know. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful happy ending, shall we say? Because the happy ending has been since she was fifty until now. Her star hasn't waned, you know, and she's she lives lavishly in Switzerland. She looks healthy. She still has the great hair. I don't know if it's a wig. My mom always said it was a wig, <laughs> but I don't want to believe it's a wig. I choose like Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop supporters. <laughs> I want to choose to believe in the candle and the power of the water. And if you speak positively to it and the power of Tina Turner's mane. And that was my standing of Tina Turner. Watch now it. I want to watch it. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. And and obviously the hits. I mean, I my favorite period of her music is the 80s stuff, you know, all the well, Private Dancer, What's Love Got to Do with It, the Mad Max soundtrack. Mad Max 3, she was amazing in Mad Max 3. Yeah. Um you definitely convinced me if I was going to be around this weekend, I would watch it. Don't um, worry, you can watch it on demand. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's available somewhere. Well, and yeah. I was just going to say happy birthday, Johan, before we... Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Mar. It's been a pleasure to celebrate my birthday on the air. And please, everyone, come to the weekender and see us. Can we say it, what we're doing? We're doing our live interview with... Can we? I'm always afraid to, like, r disclose who we're going to be interviewing. Can we just leave a cliffhanger? Just like, oh, come and we'll let maybe interview someone. We might interview someone who uh, we've talked about. Who we've talked about. Well, you talked about when I was on paternity leave and is one of the kings of hyper pop. Let's leave it at that. And that's all we have time for. No more. No Dr. Dre divorce papers, I'm afraid. Um, uh, but we're going to finish with his music anyway. We wish him all the best. But remember, uh, it takes two to tango. <laughs> Goodbye.
know me, still the same OG, but I've been low key, hated on by most of these niggas with no cheese, no deals and no G's, no wheels and no keys, no boats, no snowmobiles and no skis, mad at me cause I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries, got a crib with a studio and a saw full of tracks, to add to the wall full of plaques, hanging up in the office and back of my house like trophies, did y'all think I'ma let my dough freeze, hold please, you better bow down on both knees, who you think taught you to smoke trees, who you think brought you to OD's, Ease, ice cubes and DOCs, the Snoop Deal Double G's, and the group that